Hello there, and welcome to Pivotal Film. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to Pivotal Film. I'm Tom Nolan. Oh, we're just going? We're just going. And I'm Mario we Fonzio. We do, we do. This is going to be a longer, long episode, I guess. Uh, as you know, we had that five, four, five, almost five-month hiatus. Uh, we had the <laughs> David Cronenberg episode three weeks ago. Mm. Uh, there was something in my throat, but that's fine. <laughs> this is a During great beginning. During the David Cronenberg episode? <coughs> yeah. Something weird and fleshy. It was like a weird, yeah, awesome. I feel the need to eat a power bar. Mm, um, delicious. But we were gone for five Five months, and in that five months, films amassed and came out. And by golly gee, gosh, we're gonna we managed we're to gonna, say something. Yeah, we're gonna. I saw we saw quite a bit. I've seen you've seen a lot of movies. Thirty to forty. I haven't seen any documentaries. Mm. Uh, I'll talk in a, in a couple minutes about like the movies we haven't seen or yeah. ones we have seen that like didn't make our five that we're going to discuss because we do have a top five mm-hmm. right now. This isn't a locked-in top five. No, I no, no. Numerously felt, see movies and they come back up or they stick back into my head. Yeah, it felt very loose because some of these I've only seen once and yesterday. And so... Yesterday came out a few years ago. Yeah, yes. Yeah, what is that? Who's that guy's name? Uh, Danny Boyle. And, I don't remember. Oh, um, oh So I, I haven't spent a lot of time with some of these movies. And that's normally what would happen is that like I would think about them and want to spend more time with them. So, yeah, the idea that these are set, our top fives here are set in some kind of stone... And like we're just kind of like filling in the rest of the year, um, as the year goes on, is 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 ridiculous. Yeah, I also love looking at ridiculous. I was looking at just a list of the movies, and it just says popular twenty twenty two movies. And like on the second page of this is a uh, is Memory, the Liam Neeson film. I did not see and Dog, the Channing oh, Tatum yeah. Dog. That movie. made a pretty good amount of money. Then Privilege. What the hell is the Privilege? Oh, it's a Netflix movie. I'm sure that had people show up. Anyhow. As we are wont to do occasionally, uh, we are doing beers because we're in the middle of summer, right? Because, you know, it is, we're recording this on June 30th, which is the, uh, not only our good co-host, who will actually be back in the next episode redo, Jeff's oh, birthday. Yeah. He's 32 today. Yay, Happy Jeff. birthday, two days ago, you're hearing this. Uh, but it is also the middle point of the year. Mm. And that means we're now just in the beginning of summer. We're deep. And so... Local brewery, the one brewery to ever give us free beer, East Rock Brewing Company. The reason that we, uh, we are actually professional podcasters and not amateur podcasters is because of this brewery. That's, yeah, yeah That's point. true, that's true. Uh, they released, uh, sometime soon, a summer wheat beer. Because uh, today we're going to be doing multiple beers that are summer-themed, right? I think I have some summer. Okay. You'll well, see them. You know, they're, beer, they're, they're good sipping beers, I assume, but. We'll just say that. Yeah. We'll, we'll say it for now. Two beers. Um, this is Summer Wheat. It's a 5.7. It's a lager uh, with orange peel, lemon peel, coriander, and uh, chamomile. They love coriander. I'm not 100% like thrilled with this can, Mario. That's a little boring. It's fine. Their, their cans are pretty boring. Why a can? Why are, the, why are they doing this? Oh, is the bottle too expensive? I wonder. Maybe. I love their, like, the bottles. They still do the bottles for most of their common releases. They do the cans for the 16-ounce cans. Well, also, they can do less beer. Because mm. <coughs> four 16 ounces is only, is like eight ounces or so. That's a map on top of my head, less. Coriander and lemon forward. Yep. Little chamomile, chamomile finish. Yeah. Um, orange, I'm guessing, is there just to kind of even things out and keep it from being too bitter. I'm going to be honest with you. The chamomile makes this kind of taste like an athletic 
brewing company beer. It kind of does, yeah. It's, it kind of tastes like a mix of, and a tea. Yeah, it's got that tea flavor, that uh, seeping kind of um, that was, wart flavor. Yeah, that was like the feature before? of all of those, of all of their like darker ales. I enjoy it. It's pretty good. It's yeah, just it's tasty. It's just it does taste like a non-alcohol. I mean, there's like a bit of a not really a bite, but you can definitely taste that's alcoholic. There's a yeah. There's a weird this because of the lemon and the coriander and maybe even the orange. You when you smell it, you you think it's gonna have like a bite, and it doesn't have any yeah. bite. This tastes more like a fall beer, doesn't mm. it? Though yeah, like because the flavor, the coriander, the lemon. And the chamomile make me think of like a hot tea. Mm. And I'm not drinking hot tea. I'm drinking hot coffee during, not the GTA San Andreas reference, but regular hot coffee during the summer. Um, but like I'm not drinking hot tea during the summer. And this reminds me of like a hot tea. So it feels almost like it should be fallish. I want, there's. Like I feel like there should be bowling spices. Right, I'm gonna have there. one more sip and then I'm gonna, I'm gonna articulate what this is. Oh boy, I'm excited. It isn't doing anything to the, like, the front, front of, of my tongue. Yeah. Nothing. And it's weird. It's like an absence. Yeah, you're right. You're kind of right, yeah. Um, it's like throwing me off. Like it's, fin- it's hitting back here, it's hitting in the back, and it's hitting like on the sides and bottom a little bit. But like in the front, it's, it's empty. Yeah, there's not even like a real mouthfeel in the front. Yeah. It's all like in the back, which is fine. It's also it lingers not, there. It's not bad. It's just... Not what I expected. The weird thing about this, though, is like every time I take a sip and it's kind of gone, I just want to take another sip to keep that like pleasant flavor. Because it's a pleasant flavor, it but is. it doesn't stay. And it, yeah, it doesn't pop. Yeah. Yeah, so you do have to keep drinking it to keep the flavor in your mouth. But it's, this is Smarty Struck. Maybe You're a, creating addicts. Uh, we got to go back and get another six, four pack. <laughs> We're just like, you got any of that sweet? <laughs> we'll make you feel good, man. It's going to be, it need to be like a... Quasi East Rockadone clinic next door. We will. Is that a um, joke? Is that an acceptable joke? East East, East Rockadone. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Why not? It's on the line. I apologize if that's offensive. Right next to Mungie's. Yeah. That's, that's nowhere near East Rock Brewing. Well, it's down the street. No, it'd have to, it'd have to be in that East Rock Market that's opened up. Oh, there. Okay. They could just put the East Rockadone clinic in there. Oh man, I'm just <laughs> going deep on this. It kind of tastes like a gin drink too. That's, that's yeah, sad. maybe it does want to have an alcohol like yeah. com- or like a booze. Maybe that's what I'm looking for. It's like the yes. bite of a gin. You want something like a juniper. Well, you just said which is juniper's on the front. That's what I'm looking for. This makes me want to drink gin. I almost want to mix this drink. You want with a gin. kick? You want a kick of something in here mm. because it has no kick. Yeah. Good beer though. East Rock continues to impress. East Rock, if you want to give us more free beer, anytime, anytime. Sight and sounds coming out soon, and we'll take off after that. Did you see Adam Naiman's tweet about like filling out his sight and sound list? Fuck, no. Do I look at I don't look at Twitter. Because anytime I look at if it, unless it's wrestling Twitter. Anytime I look at Twitter I just read the comments and I'm like why did I do this? I know that's how I feel also. But yeah, I, He's one of the people like so I don't go on Twitter per se. I just have several people that I like look at their tweets and then I just run away as quickly as humanly possible. And he was just commenting on how like his his list looked like one thing when he it kind of meant to be another and then but isn't that really could you imagine if we had engagement and had people respond to us? I would be reading those messages and I would just be getting mad. I'm almost happy that we have like 70 to 100 listeners only. That and don't all ever seem pretty say nice. And they're just quiet, yeah. And don't like ever tweet back at us like, I kind of hate you. What? No, I'd be fine with that. I just, um, I just don't want to deal with in idiots. Idiot, idiot tweets. Well, yeah. I, I, 
I can take hatred all. Personal. Ooh, side. yeah. So like direct hatred, fine. Like that kind of hateful, irrational, hateful messages. Mm, no. Yeah, I see what you mean. So, anyways, our top five of uh, the year so far. Um, looking at all the list. Uh, so there's been some movies I've missed. Some movies you've missed. I've missed a lot of movies. Um, a big one that I actually saw and you missed is Men. We'll be talking because A24. What the. Fuck A24. What the hell is this <laughs> about? They just don't love streaming unless your movie's after Yang. Uh, and uh, that Ken Cuddy horror movie from like two years ago. Alex, Alex Garland must, they must have a deal with him, right? Where this got to stay in theaters for a certain amount of time. I, I, no, I think it's an A24. fucking it's a, dumb. I think it's an A24 thing. It's dumb. Multiple times about how A24, like even Superdare Part 2, another movie I have yet to see. Yeah. Um, like didn't come out on streaming for like several months after it's out on, on video. Uh, or in theaters. Um, everything, everywhere, all at once, which we'll talk about in a second. Because um, we both saw it. It's not on either of our lists. Um, made sense because it made a shit ton of money for A24. Like, I understood, like, why. They're like, no, we're going to hold on to this for a while. But yeah, yeah, Men men was, like, out of theaters after two weeks. Yep. 100%. And but we no will money. talk about that because I, I assume when you see that, You'll be like, yeah, this is this is worth something. This I want to talk, uh, yeah, definitely for sure. Because the more the longer it's out, the more stills like I've seen accidentally. Because I'm trying not to pay. That's one of the things I'm doing with being kind of out of movie culture this year for a little bit. It's actually <coughs> helped me in like I don't know what anything is really before I go into watching it. Um, like I don't really read very many reviews of anything. Um, I'm not paying that close attention. So like I don't. Even though I know what men is about and I know what the conceit is, I don't know anything about what's happening inside of men. Like yeah. I don't know what the I don't know what Rory Kinnear is like doing, playing all the parts. Yeah, and I went in. I think that's the best way to go into it because it's the best. I went into it having seen the trailers, nothing else, and that's the best way. Mm. So, mm. Um, other big movies I haven't seen. I personally haven't seen um, Top Gun Maverick. You saw that? It's fine. I've thought I'm, sure, I'm sure it's but. pretty I'm sure it's pretty fun. It's okay. Uh, I'm sure it's something that like since everyone I've talked to has liked it, it's probably something I'd be like, yeah, sure, I could recommend that because it's fun. Yeah, whatever. Um You're not gonna hate yourself. Yeah. Uh God, I can't think of other big movies I have missed because uh, I've seen basically everything I I need uh Souvenir Part Two. Um I haven't seen Cha Cha real smooth yet. No. I haven't seen. Uh, we're all going to the, like the World's Fair, mm. um, and there's just several smaller films that we haven't seen. But yeah, you know that's why this is a mid-year, not solid list. I don't know if there's anything that you haven't no, seen we, that you it's know, worth mentioning. We kept up with like the Family Fair, so like the bad guys was pretty was okay. Um, really great voice acting in that one. That's from, Sam Rockwell's lead. Yeah, and Mark Maron is like the snake, and they're excellent together. Is he the villain or is well, yeah, they're um, kind of. I know they're all bad yeah, guys, yeah, but yeah. it's like... There's a twist. Okay. Um, um, and Zazie Beats is very good also. Um, they're like the three people like who don't kind of do this all the time, and, and they're they're all really excellent. And the animation style is pretty good. The story's a little weird um, and was kind of boring um, in the back half, but, you know, whatever. Um, I also didn't see Crimes of the Future. I didn't see that one either. Without <laughs> that from our memory. <laughs> no, the other <laughs> Crimes of the Future, <laughs> right? I didn't see Morbius. I'm sorry. I didn't see more recently. Yeah. Um, what did we see? Sonic Two. Did you watch Sonic Two? I did. I, I yeah. I, I guess. Oh yeah, we talked. I, mean, about I guess that like a little getting bit. into like some of the movies. I mean, there's a couple of movies that I, I mean, that I are on my I, list that like that aren't on my list that I was worth talking about. 
they're not worth talking about, but worth like mentioning. Like, hey, these are entertaining, fun films. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you like Sonic Two. I guess we could start off with that. That's it's fun. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. It's a good time. It's, I prefer it to Sonic One. I think Idris Elba like leans into just the. Go- I think everyone's leading it now into like the full goofiness mm-hmm. that Jim Carrey did in the first one, and it works. They need to get rid of most of the humans in this movie now, but like I think they will. I, I, I don't mind James Marsden. I thought it stuff. was I thought it was amusing. Like his storyline was amusing, but it also takes up a lot of Sonic time. It does, yeah. And like the Sonic Tales and Shadow stuff. Um, Shadow, right? Yeah, Shadow oh, Knuckles. 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 Uh, right, Shadows. The Shadows. Nature. The yeah. Um, Knuckles stuff is the the most interesting part. Like all of Knuckles' engagements with Sonic, of yeah, just yeah. Like, blah blah blah, and whatnot, <laughs> or engagements with you know Egghead, um, Robotnik. Sorry, uh, or Egghead. That's the Vincent Price Batman villain. Um, <laughs> Robotnik are, are the most entertaining parts. Because, yeah. like, Jim Carrey basically himself is a cartoon yeah. actor. In these His last guys. movie. It'll be good. Yeah, yeah, bullshit. Cameron Diaz also retired and is now coming back. So, so For a Jamie Foxx movie. A Jim Carrey and Daniel Day-Lewis have to make a movie together. I'd, I'd be down. Unretired together. I'd be down. Man on the Moon 2. Um... Know, other other movies that were fun that, that don't make my list. Fresh was was a was a Hulu movie. Oh yeah, you like Fresh uh, with Sebastian Stan and I can't remember the lead woman in that. Um, she's from Stuff. Mm, um, yeah, she is from Stuff. I can't. Think uh, Daisy of it Edward Jones. Um, that's 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 good. Uncomfortable because it's about cannibalism. I'm not a big. Uh, you know me and cannibalism don't don't do well together. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed that a lot. Um, a big kind of like meme movie of the end. We're obviously going to build into everything everywhere all at once. It will be the last one we're talking about before we go into our list. Um, the big meme movie of the year, Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, was a ton of fun. I don't you didn't I didn't get it. Yeah, yeah. Pedro Pascal and Nicolas Cage just work so well off of each uh-huh. other in this. It's it, it, it does do that kind of like tempted meta thing to be like, oh, these movies, some always have this like last third act kind of thing where everything falls apart and the movie does that. Mm-hmm. But I think it's just because the writers didn't know how to, like, uh, Tom Gorman or whatever, didn't really know how to get himself to an end of the mm-hmm. film. And so he's trying to excuse it. So it does kind of have a lame last act. Uh, but you're just, you're there for Pedro Pasquale and, and Nicolas Cage just live, like, just bouncing off of each other. And then Neil Patrick Harris, um, who has a really short part in the beginning, like, he bounces well. Does he play the architect again? <laughs> Unfortunately, he does not. What if it was a Matrix? No, he, plays, he, plays, he plays an agent, um, and the the actors who play uh, Nicholas Cage's like ex wife and his daughter do really like. It's just it's a really good mm-hmm. like fun comedy character piece. Mm-hmm. Like everyone's bouncing well off of each other, um, and then it kind of has like an action last act, which Pascal is becoming like a a, a, a reliable yeah like Ham yeah. Um, he was the best part of that terrible Wonder Woman movie a couple of years ago. Yeah, he was the only one that didn't realize that that movie was bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what else for, for me personally um, The Watcher uh, I've seen basically every horror oh speaking of a movie I missed I did, haven't seen Black Phone yet because it's been fucking sold out constantly and I oh, still yeah. refuse to go to a packed theater because every time I go to a packed theater except for The Watcher um, there's some asshole there doing asshole things like I said even in Crimes of the Future with four people one guy snored throughout the entire movie I'm not blaming that guy but I'm just saying that's the theater experience when there's other people there um, so I've not seen Black Phone, but Watcher, I saw, um, I enjoyed that quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's a pretty minor film, but it does 
what it's doing well. Mika Monroe's finally kind of developing into an actress. Like, she's been fine before, but now mm-hmm. she's actually being able to carry stuff. Yeah. Um, it's actually kind of her co-performers who aren't, like, doing what they need to do. At some point, she's going to move up a level, right, in movie? I think she just wants... I think she likes sticking with the genre. You think so? I think, yeah. I, I get the feeling that... I don't know. I mean, she what, what her only other thing is Sojourn outside of it that's really notable is Independence Day Resurgence. And we saw what happened there. Well, I guess what I'm... Maybe I'm thinking of, like, she couldn't have been an ex... You know what I mean? Like, she couldn't have been... Like, there was not a part for her in, in Black Oh, phone. you're saying, like, like elevated. As, like, uh, 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 not... Yeah, unfortunately, Jenny Ortega exists, so she's like... Right, I mean, and that's, I guess, um, just from a standpoint of, like, production she value play, and, like... probably play the Britney Snow Size. Well, yeah, anything. Just but production value, size, whatever. Like, she keeps making these, like... <clears throat> like you said, like, smaller kind of boutique horror movies, and, like, there are still bigger horror movies well, she's out there. Apparently also like a professional wakeboarder. Oh, so maybe this is so just maybe kind it's of just like, like her maybe it's just like her side thing. Like maybe she prefers do I don't know. I just know like if you look at her Wikipedia she's like a professional wakeboarder and also an actress. So she's maybe like a, she's just like one of those people who kind of just does like what's interesting. She's like a band that goes on tour for like yeah. 3 weeks every fall just to make enough money to live. She gives off like California stoner vibes, mm. which I'm fully on board with. Um and I think I do think she's just kind of particular about performance. Like I think maybe Independence Day was her attempt to like pop out, and just that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I, I think it's I, I do think she's she's good enough to do that. Maybe she will. Mm. But like this was you know uh, a solid enough film. It's it has a real Eli Roth feel to it, which is fun. Oh, so it's <laughs> terrible. Like, you're somewhat okay with Eli Roth stuff? Well, he said some interesting things on the Ready St. Ellis podcast, and I think some of his, like, like Green Inferno um, is okay. And I think he has a pretty good head about what he's trying to do as, like, a horror director. Like, Hostel 2 is terrible, but, well, Hostel like... Well, terrible. Like, um, the first Hostels. I also don't think he was trying to make it good. Yeah. But one nice thing about uh, Watcher is you get a good Burn Gorman as, as your villain. Burn Gorman. Uh, he was kind of... You, you ever see Pacific Rim? It's kind of his most notable one. The name's... I feel like I was just looking. Okay, so in Pacific Rim, he's... You saw Pacific Rim, right? He's, yeah, yeah, He's yeah. kind of like Charlie Day's weirdo partner. Yeah, He's also yeah, the guy yeah. in Dark Knight Rises who's like, do you feel safe? No, it's not. That's not him. Um, he is... No, do you feel safe is... Somebody else. Um, I'm trying to think of what else he's been in. But he's one of those, like, smaller... Minor- oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know who this guy is. Yes, he's in... Um, God, what is I? I was just looking at something. He's in Dark Knight Rises. He's in something else. Uh, he's something in something. And I was just kind of like, who the fuck is this guy? And I was like, oh, yeah, it's that guy. Doesn't he's, matter. This he was is a bad British. He was, yeah, he's a British television actor. He's always good. Oh, he, he was gets in, a lot of stuff. He was in he gets, Enola Holmes. He gets a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah, right. He gets a lot of stuff to do here. That, that works. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's really the only I mean, outfit I saw. That was fun. But that's not really worth talking about. It's just it's a fun movie. A fun non like nothing movie. Yeah, some guy at the library was like, "This was good." Yeah, that's one of those like good kind of lucky number eleven level of like pop mystery sort of things. Like very interior. I don't know if you have any movies that don't make your list. Do you feel? Um, No, the only one. I mean, the only one really that was like close um, was the uh, uh, Caleb Landry Jones vehicle um, U tram. 
uh, about the Martin Bryant who um, committed like the port. Um, it's a, it was a mass murder, mass in, killing in, in Australia. In the 90s right? in, Aust- in Tasmania. Tasmania, um, sorry. But um, he, the movie is very, um, the movie is excellently acted, uh, as is Caleb Lee Jones, Essie Davis, as this kind of like, I don't know, weird love interest who plays like an heiress that he like attaches himself to. Anthony LaPaglia is like excellent in like, you know, a movie that I think Alec Baldwin would have probably loved to have like had a crack at. Um, he's not Australian, so he gets like, they get a real actor to like do that shit. Um, and is then, Anthony LaPaglia, no, he's not Australian, is yeah. he? Yeah. The guy from So I Married an Axe Murderer is yeah. Australian? Yeah. Talking. Look it up. Keep talking. And, um, and then Judy Davis as, as Martin Bryant's mother. Um, and I love Judy Davis, and she's great. Um, it's pretty standard biopic fare. What the fuck? <laughs> Significantly better actor than I ever gave him credit for. Um, yeah, he's, because he always plays, like, the same kind of guy. Like, the same, like, Italian, like, bro guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like an Empire, Empire I'm from Records. New York, you know, yeah. Or he's from somewhere that, like, has an accent that sounds like but this. A, but he's American, yeah. Which is just, like, a, which is a suppressed Australian accent. You didn't know. Yeah. Nobody knew. Um, it's in, intensely well acted. It's very well made. Um, it hits a lot of the... Um, it's told very linearly. Um, it hits a lot of standard um, emotional beats. It doesn't try to humanize him while still like humanizing him. It just brings into question some of the same stuff that we're going to talk about in one of our other movies. Um, like, what does society owe to its to its like um, to its members? You know what I mean? To it, like people in society, because it brings up questions of guns, mental health things. It like out jokers. Like it does all the stuff that like Joker really wanted to do, like asking those questions, but like does them for does them for real with like a real context and real weight and real stakes. Is it doing like a framing that like we need to talk about Kevin kind of? No, it's even, or? it's actually, it's better in the sense that like he's, so in it's, I think where the movie's well done. So if, if I talk to Kevin's always about the mother, but yeah. Um, one of the things I think I really like about this movie is I think the script is really well executed. So it doesn't make anything up. It condenses some narrative into like one character, which I'm I'm always fine with, um, but it doesn't make anything up. Um, and in doing so, it's really smart about how it like doles out like the information about who Martin is, what his family's like, what the Australian state, what that's like, what the mental health infrastructure is in Australia, what the gun, like what the Australians' relationship to guns is, um, which, which is believe it or not, you know, until this. So after this happened, I don't know if you know any of this, but Australia like enacted like massive gun yeah. legislation and bought back all these guns, and now they have actually more guns in the country now than they did then. But there's all these, you know, there's all this shit in place, whatever. Um, but it kind of it brings those things into question without force feeding them down your throat as like propaganda, um, which makes them more powerful and which makes him seem like more of a monster because he had opportunities, but makes his family and the Australian state also seem weirdly culpable in this because they trying to kind of, um, tough love somebody who like had severe mental health issues into not having severe mental health issues by giving him, by saying, get a job, here's a hug, take a bath, you know, take your medication. You'll be totally fine. 
Like it's not the case. Yeah. And that's the kind of the, some of the stuff that like we're grappling with on like a daily basis everywhere. But like, you know, with every mass shooting, it's like the same questions. Like, you know, it's never a person who is living a perfectly normal, happy life and having perfectly normal, happy thoughts. It's always someone that's been struggling with something for a long time who slipped under the radar, even though they're putting it out there that like, they're not right. James. James. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have to ask from a film perspective, how's it, how's it like shot and look? Good. Like, Justin Kurzel is like pretty well known for like with Kelly gang and Macbeth. Yeah. Um, I guess I don't, I've never actually seen Snowtown, so I don't know how that looks, but like he's looks known good. for his like cinematography. Yeah. It actually reminds me a lot of, um, Jennifer Kent was actually a dialect coach on this oh, movie, really? which I thought was really funny. Well, he's ma- she's married to Justin Kurzel's brother. I think. Oh really? I think it's Jeb Kurzel who did the music. I think I could be wrong about that. You have your computer open. Um, uh, I don't see it listed here, but all right. Um, regardless, it kind of looks a little bit like it's a cross between. Remember, clean shaven. Mm-hmm. It's a cross between that like semi verite, like documentary style, and something like Nightingale, or... night, like Nightingale, where it's like it's focusing in on like Australia's natural kind of like weirdness or in its space, but he uses it really well to kind of um, signal where he you know things are to make connections. So he uses like nature and stuff a lot to do that, which I thought was really, that stood out to me when I was watching it. Um, maybe he's not. Oh no, he's married to, Justin Kurzel's married to Essie Davis, who's in the movie. Yeah, I know she's, I knew that. Um, well, I knew that from five minutes ago. Uh, yeah, Jennifer Kent is, is not oh, all right. romantic. Really. So she's just, no, and then Jeb Kurzel did the music to the Duke or something. I don't know. They, they, all, they all overlap. That's the only thing that I saw that like, I would really recommend like um, he did, he did the music for. He's done all. He's done the music for Baba Duke and Nightingale. Okay, there you go. So they're they're connected. Um, that's the only thing that I would. And again, I haven't seen all the movies. We'd stay pretty he's family. Also all the music for this Justin Kurzel guy too. <laughs> um, I haven't got you know out to see like a ton. Like Crimes of the Future, we talked about. Like I don't care if anyone sees Crimes of the Future. It's one of those movies that like didn't have a ton of shine. And, like, it has less shine the more time that goes by. And it actually just makes me excited for, like, the next Vigo movie. Because yeah. I think he's, I think whatever, he was so good in Crimes of the Future, like, the movie just kind of, like, couldn't support the weight Captain of his Fantastic performance. Captain Fantastic 2 is his next, next movie. Yeah. Well, just, yeah. And also, we saw Doctor Strange, but we're going to talk about that in yeah. Thor episode. Yeah, and that's, uh, that's a thing that being on Disney Plus has not been awesome for it. For you? Well, I have to rewatch it, yeah. Um... Yeah, you'll watch it and you'll be like, "Cause I had a lot of fun with it the first time." I did too. Got parts, um, but there's the parts that you weren't as fun are less fun. Got it. <laughs> like when you're choosing, when you have like, you know, we were just talking about video games before this thing started. When the option is like rewatch this movie or like play a video game, you're gonna be like, ah, I can put a, I can put two and a half hours into a game instead of doing this again. Fair. Um. But I think, I mean, the elephant in the room, we're at 26 minutes and we're still not through our first beer, so I think we can do this without worrying about getting too far into our conversation, no, getting bombed. I, I don't, and, like, think, I don't think this is going to take too long. The elephant in the room is everything everywhere all at once, which is like the huge, I, I don't know, obviously it's, it's Doctor one the, Strange. It's one of the big front runners now for the, I mean, the, sure. uh, um, very well predicted to be an Oscar frontrunner. It, and it will be. I think yeah, the Daniels will get a director. I think it'll get a best picture. Michelle Yeoh's. I, I think it'll get a picture. I think it'll get an actor. I don't think it'll get a director. I think it'll get a writing. I think they'll be tempted to to do it. There's just like a lot of stuff in the back end that's going to knock it out. It, it would have to be good because everything yeah. all at once has like incredible reviews and made a whole bunch of money. 
Um, in A24 world. Well, yeah. well, 89 million, actually. Yeah, that's pretty good. Pretty good. Um, you know, for those that don't know, Michelle Yeoh plays um, a, a, a woman who... Evelyn. Evelyn, who... I don't have a thing open for me. Um, who I owns a laundromat with her husband, who is played by... Uh, Kehu Kwan. Which is a, a welcome... He's my favorite part of the movie. Yeah, easily. I, yeah. I'm so happy to have him back, like, acting again. Um, they own a laundromat. Um, her father is in town. Um, they have James Hong. James Hong, yep. Who, they have a daughter who um, is uh, struggling to get her parents to take her, like, sexuality seriously. Um, enough to, like, tell the grandfather that she's gay. Um, and they kind of won't, you know, she has a special friend that hangs out there sometimes. Um, and one day when she goes to the uh, the tax auditor's office because they're being audited, uh, and the auditor's played by Jamie Lee Curtis, weirdly. Um, uh, Who works? I, I, think it, I don't think it's her works. as much as I think it's the character. Yeah, no, I think... Severe, I think, like much too severe. I think all the performances here work quite well. I think the Daniels is what doesn't work. Um, and then so she she's finds out that there's a there's you know all these different realities and that there's a there's one there's a dark force uh the what is it jo, well the joe well there's the everything bagel created kind of by jobu tubaki which jobu is tubaki, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is one version of joy yeah her, her daughter. daughter um and so she has to skip through all these multiverses and like learn skills through the multiverse and do all these things to kind of stay yeah. stave off uh you know, extinction of everything from Jobu Tubagi. Um I didn't hate it. I did not have a good time. Ah, uh, yeah, no, I'm the same way. I, I recommend it to people because I think it's something that's going to be like a real personal experience because the people I've talked to either love it or they fucking hate it. And I fall on the side of I hate this movie. I hated every little bit of it. I think it's really kitschy. I think it's trying to be really to the, fun and yeah. showy to like its fault. But to that degree, I almost wonder from my personal perspective, is it because I've seen enough films kind of do the same sort of like nihilistic philosophical tilt, but in a much more reserved humanist way. Mm. And then this is just has to, this is kind of like a, this is going to sound a little pretentious on my end, but it's, it's more speaking to the fact that we've talked that's previously about that we've seen a shit ton of movies. Like that's our yeah. thing is yeah. just seeing more movies than most people need to see because they have lives and girlfriends and what the hell cares. Um, but like I, I saw this just like I see these kind of like ideas done better somewhere else with all this kind of like fluff. And mm. this movie to me is just like a lot of fluff, a lot of kind of like jokes where I'm just like Get fucking the entire like butt plug fight. I'm just sitting there going like, this is too long. And like, it's a joke that's, that's run too long. Um, and then, and then when it earns, like it, it feels like it earns this, this like last act of being like very humanist. And like, this is our moral point. I'm just like, yeah, you can't do that for me after you've spent two hours being so bombastic and so totally kind of like, Placid and shallow in terms of your thematic growth of your characters. Like, mm. you're not doing much outside of Evelyn. You're kind of seeing a little bit of other people. But, like, that last act kind of, like, turn, where it's like, oh, this is what we're saying, like a happy nihilism. T.J. Miller just got an erection somewhere. <laughs> um, just, 
it just didn't feel earned. And I just kind of sat there going like, like condense everything, move because there's so many good ideas. It's the same thing with Swiss Army Man. There's so much stuff that's like good ideas that are just kind of like blown out by yeah. fluff. So I would argue that it's not even really, it's not blown out enough. Like, I don't think this movie is super interesting to look at. Oh, no, 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 no. Which I think it, it has to be. I don't think some of like the things that they find are really kitschy and goofy, like like the dildos. It's exactly what I expected the dildos scene to look like. They're ground. Like, they're too grounded. I yeah. just uh, if you're gonna do this, you gotta you gotta do it, and it's gotta be out of the. It's gotta be fucking crazy off the wall bananas shit, and it never felt like that. And ever it's gotta be once. I understand the restraints of the budget and everything, and so I understand like you can't go you know, crazy in a certain way, but it's gotta be idea crazy. Mm. And this movie's not idea crazy. Yeah. Like the fact that like the first kind of weird body, she technically borrows from because she's not really inhabiting it, but she's like co-inhabiting it Mm -hmm. for multiverse is kind of just Michelle. Yo. Yeah. You know, it was just like, (sighs) it was like, it was like the first thing we're going with is this. The idea that she's like, because she's a, like a martial arts film star, she's like a martial arts expert type thing. And that's a good idea, I guess. But it's not fleshed out. It's not, it's not fleshed out. It's also not... What they're suggesting is, is craziness. And this mo- or like a wildness or like an out-of-controlness. Um, and it's just not. Like the fanny pack fight... It's just a regular fight with like a, a long in, like a yeah. long weapon. Like, it looks cool, but it's the same stuff we've seen whatever, from Ang Yang yeah. and the Ang Lee in the past. And yeah, it has like this real sophomoric idea to me. I mean, once again, this is this is something I recommend. But for me, it's something that feels as though it wants to have big ideas, wants to have like really interesting visual or ideas that just kind of fall flat because they're not baked well enough. Because I think there's a, I think there's a really excellent interest. Not excellent. I think there's a really I think so fun too. movie here that just didn't well, cook enough. Because it's right? not. Yes. Because the and the reason it's not fun is because it didn't cook enough. Because like they're too, they're too huge too like exposition and like there's so much explaining. girth. So much you know what I mean? explaining in this movie. Because so did you watch any of the Obi Wan show? Oh uh, no. It's just. Fucking awful, Mario. It, it is god awful. And uh, you know, I, I, I watched know. three episodes of Moon Knight, and I was like, I, I'm yeah. done with Disney Plus shows. I'll uh, wait for Loki to come Mar- back. Ms. Marvel was Ms. Marvel thus far is excellent, okay. but it's it's totally different than. Cool. I'm basically just going to trust your reviews of. Okay, yeah, because you liked Loki, right? I I kind of liked Loki. I love the end of Loki. I love like the Jonathan. The last two episodes of Loki, okay. I think, are fantastic. I just like it because it's Doctor. There's some yes. wheel spinning in the middle. That's just but kind of like it's Doctor Who wheel spinning. So I was, I was oh, okay. That, so. Um. So it's stylistic. You know, yeah. stylish wheel spinning. The Princess Leia character in Obi Wan is literally the worst character that has ever been on television ever in the history of the universe. Princess Leia is in Obi Wan. She's like ten years old and she fucking sucks ass. She's talks incessantly. There's fucking people trying to kill her, and she's like, "I want to try this on," all the fucking time. And Jimmy Smith doesn't like go like shut the fuck no because up. she's been kidnapped, so he's not even there. Oh. Um, yeah, he can't like go NYPD blue all over or anything like that. <laughs> That'd be great. Um, yeah. brings, Dennis gonna, Franz. I'm gonna bring my friend. Dennis Franz just shows his ass to Darth Vader, and he just gets an erection, and the suit pops <laughs> off. Um, 
The Michelle Yeoh thing in the beginning of this movie is exactly like that, where they, for some reason they just need her to not understand, and it's the fucking worst. So be, they just have to keep explaining because she keeps wanting to push back against what she's seeing. And I, I, I can't, and this is one of the reasons that I love, absolutely love one of the movies that we're going to talk about later, is because you can't, you can't do that. That's not, that's not character building. You're not building your character by having your character fight what is in front of them. Yeah. Or fight the reality of it or fight like the relevance or the impact of any of that stuff. And she does it for like 50 minutes and you're just kind of like, just shut up and fight some people or do something. Like be invested in this because it's not a character trait for her to not be invested. And all that stuff just drags it down to the point where like, remember when she dies like ostensibly, I was like, good. Yeah, and that's like that's, terrific. That's she's the, a fucking bore. She's a drag on this movie. Even though I think her performance is roundly pretty good, absolutely. like her character just fucking sucks. And that's that's I think a big issue. I think the big issue is the Daniels are really accomplished filmmakers and visually do interesting stuff, but there's so much of this film that just is allowed to breathe for some reason. We're just trying to see like reestablish kind of Evelyn stuck in her way. Yeah. Um, and it's it's fine. We got that in the first 20 minutes. Yeah, absolutely. Like the second you, the second that door like the second the door opens uh, in the elevators and it shows like the birth and all that I'm like, "Okay, I'm getting why people dig this." Mm-hmm. Because like I'm yep. like I was yeah. the same way. Like yeah, yeah. we're going to like get this ball rolling. Like we're going to have like another hour and 40 minutes of just her kind of like stumbling into greatness. But then like it stops and then like another 30 minutes of her fighting against it and I'm like what? Yeah. Why? Why, Why like, do we the just first do 20 minutes if they're not going to like make her start growing and learning instantaneously? Like, nobody has an elevator door open and see their entire life story, which is which like I said looks great. great. Yeah. And doesn't go doesn't have some sort of like philosophical change for a little bit to either go like one I'm suffering a fucking breakdown mm-hmm. because of all the stress, which would have been a reasonable path to go to, or two to be like to just be fully invested into the world to come. Yeah. There is no option that says three. No, I just focus on my tax returns. Well, so this is the, and this is I think this is the argument that I would make, and like you like led me right into it. Is that like I think some of the times with these filmmakers, the premise of the movie gets really tied to the setting of the movie, and so they really wanted her to be inside of this building, like fighting her way out for as long as they could, as yeah, long as they could do it for. Um, and so they needed her to go in. When I think in reality, a better version of this movie is like, she doesn't go in. She has some kind of like, like not a full epiphany, but just kind of like the inkling of an awakening and, and stuff happens other places. No, I think, I because think it's, it's, it's it, it feels so constrained by its setting to a certain point. That I just I, I felt very like claustrophobic inside the building. But see, I I think that's fine. I think that's actually that could have worked because you look at something like The Raid, or you look at Dread, and those movies are set to a single location but are very kinetic. But it's yeah. the character that doesn't move for a while, right? Mm. So like we have this big building. It's a nice. It's a cool looking set too. Like that entire like that's no fucking IRS building in the world has multiple levels of catwalks over yeah, the lobby. Yeah, yeah. So it's a cool set. Like that could have worked easily for being in one setting, right? Yeah. In Die Hard, that's the same thing. Mean. Yeah, yeah. But like the fact that her character doesn't then move for another 30 minutes 
just makes me lose investment. And then all of a sudden she does start acting and then all of a sudden she goes like, mm, I'm going to stop again. Yeah. Like there's too much. I, I need the wildness of my surroundings to propel my characters it forward. Felt, yeah. And it's not, my characters stay stagnant for too long. And maybe that's what I was responding to is the fact that it does seem like everything is stuck. Like not just she is all stuck, but like, yeah, everything is stuck all at once. Um, and it was just, it was a weird experience. I did not, I did not, in, I did not enjoy it like in the way that I wanted to. It seemed like way too much work. But once again, I, I, I argue that I, I recommend people see it because if it's something that where you can't compare it to a lot of movies doing similar things, both in a, in a kinetic action level and also like in, it, in a character growth level, I think, I think you might, might dig it. Yeah, you might dig, I mean, depending on who you are, you might dig some of the messaging. But like then, like, here. you should watch, like, like if you dig it, then I have movies to recommend you that mm. will make you go, like, oh, okay. I think this is a good entry point film. Yeah. For, like, films trying to do something fun and weird. Yeah, I mean, I hope that... It's a Marvel... It's Marvel A24. Well, that's what everyone's saying, that, like, this is their Marvel, yeah. like, you know... Which is, which is fair. Like, Richard Brody kind of used that to criticize it, and, like, I'm criticizing it because I think they could have done both kinetic, fun energy, plus doing no, imagine, actual deep indie-ish character work. I imagine what they could have done with, like, Shang-Chi. Yeah. Like, like Daniel Dustin Cretton is fine, but, like, I'm sure they would have pushed some of that action stuff to, like, another level. Yeah, exactly. Or pushed, like, something, you know, like the CGI blob fest of the ending into something more real and human. Yeah, but the, the, I recommend it, but it's not something I like. Yeah, I, I, it's the, so there was, it's funny because there's two movies this year that I really felt compelled to see because of, to be part of the culture, which I never it's one feel. Of, it's one of those on my list? No, it was Top Gun and Everything Everywhere uh, All at Once. I thought, I thought it was the one movie you said you were looking forward to talking about. I was like, it's on my list. And you're like, well, I'll save it for <laughs> then. then. Um, yeah, I just kind of like, both of them, I, I was like, oh, the culture seems like really committed to these two things. Um, I mean, I don't know. I, I can't say that I like Top Gun more. But I didn't, Top Gun didn't exhaust me like this one did. And the, the theater, Top Gun, it's been five weeks, Mario. And I saw it at an 8.55 showing in Millbird. And it was full. Yeah, because it was number two movie still this past weekend. People were shouting, yes, and laughing and going, oh, and... <gasps> Things happened, and I was like, "What the fuck is going?" Me and me and my wife are just kind of like, "What the hell is going on? Like, what is what the fuck is happening yeah. here?" I think the thing that's good to realize, maybe this podcast, and, and this is maybe good we took the break, is like we're jaded because we see so much shit. Yeah, you're gonna listen, look at listen to our top five list, and you're gonna be like, "These fucking guys, <laughs> yeah, these motherfuckers." But like, I could see top, I could see watching Top Gun and just being like, "That's fine," but also probably going like, oh, "I can, I get it." Oh, when it. they're flying planes, it's pretty good. When Jennifer Connelly and Tom Cruise are just kind of like smiling at each other, like I can't believe we're making fifty million dollars for this, and Tom Cruise is thinking like, "Oh, Zemu is going to be really excited for you know the." Oh, Zemu's not excited. Oh, he's not. Zemu's uh, the bad one. Oh, he's the bad one. Yeah, he's yeah. a good one. I don't think there is. Maybe Tom yeah, Cruise. I think it's just like yeah, it's just pure. Oh, L. Ron Hubbard. That's yeah, right. Of course, yeah. Um, you know, it's it's bo- it's it's boring. But like Miles Teller, who is an actor that I hate. He's pretty good. He's pretty good. He looks goofy in the mustache, and he does a weird. Everyone wants to do the mustache. Now. He does a weird football move. I, I mean, I appreciate your hatred for a lot of actors. 
But I think Miles Teller is like a decent actor who's just like yeah, it's he's not made a movie who just has a hateable he has a hateable face. Well, and he's friends with Aaron Rodgers, so oh, never mind. Yeah, but he also thinks he's too cool for shit because he was trying to like hang out with Shailene. Oh, did you watch Spiderhead? No, God no, that was bad. Wow, that was very I don't bad. have Netflix. Oh, you don't have? Oh, you got rid of it? Oh, good. Yeah, I, don't, I get Netflix for two months a year. I'll get it for three months a year because obviously I need to get it for Cabinet of Curiosities. Mm. But I usually only get Netflix for um, November, December, and then I get rid of it. Oh, for the, just like the uh, like yeah, prestige yeah, yeah, month. Prestige films, yeah. Um, yes, yeah, Spider-Head is very bad. Oh, that's no, not also helping my Miles Teller. Like, I mean, uh, Joseph. Kaczynski. That's Joseph Kuczynski, yeah. too. Yeah. yeah, Chris Hemsworth can't play scientists. It's like Diddy's Richards trying to play a nuclear physicist yeah, I, in James Bond movies. I will see Top Gun, but I know everyone's like, see it in theaters, but like, fuck, it comes out on Paramount Plus in like two weeks. Yeah, I'll... I'm going to go. I'm just going to watch it on Paramount Plus. It's I not... I have things I can take while watching it that will be fun. Yeah. I drink. It's, it's, my it's parents a... are for this podcast. Not weed. I won't be smoking yeah. weed. You know what the funny thing is? that I, I think Top Gun... Weed. I think the people that are seeing Top Gun, the reason they think so much money is because people that don't, normally don't go see movies... Go to the movie theater to see movies or going to that movie. Going to movie theaters to see that movie. And there's a jet right now. And um, That's a motorcycle. He, he drives one of those. Yeah, he does. He drives it a lot. Um, there was a one point where like Jennifer Connelly like, leaves a door open for him to like come into the house. And I was like... Because he drives a motorcycle. That's what I thought was going to happen. <laughs> he was going to be... Like, <laughs> um, but he doesn't. And I think that's why it's making so Is much money. Is there any Logan songs in this movie? Like, There's like a really new? slow version of Highway to the Danger Zone. There's no new Kenny Logan. He's still alive, right? I think so. Why not just get fucking Kenny Logan? I don't hey, know. He doesn't have it anymore. anymore. Yeah. yeah. I'll do a really slow... <laughs> <laughs> no, they should have whoever does like, the Jordan Peele just trailer do... mixes for stuff. Like, Aut- do that. Auto-tune Kenny Logan. He doesn't need fucking auto tune. He's Kenny Loggins. I mean, his voice is that he bad. Has perfect pitch. All right. So, yeah, let's we're, definitely we're end this it. conversation on Kenny Loggins. We're into it. Our top, our top five. No, let's take a break. Okay. Let's take a break.